Greetings to all my tech heads out there in the Kev Techify Nation. And if you're new here, welcome. In this episode, we're going to look at channel management. We'll be discussing frequency, channel saturation, channel selection, and then finally a plan to do a wireless LAN deployment. This episode is part of my series on switching routing and wireless essentials for the CCNA. I'm Kevin here at Kev Techify. Let's get this adventure started. When we talk about wireless, we, we have to pay attention to the frequencies that they're using. There, there's only a limited amount of frequencies that can be used for wireless traffic. And, and just even overall, there's a limited amount of frequencies. Once we allocate all those frequencies, then we have to start um, getting some frequencies back and going through a reallocation process. And it's just like on, on your car radio. There's only can be a certain number of radio stations at a certain point in the country at, at a certain time. And once it gets full up, they can't add any more radio stations because they will interfere with each other. Same thing with wireless local area networks. These wireless LANs, there can only be certain frequencies being used because of how they overlap. And at a certain point, they start to become oversaturated. And there's more traffic, there's more interference than what can handle on these wireless LANs. How we mitigate this is we start using our channels more efficiently. We start figuring out better ways to send more data across there using the same frequencies. We have three ways that we typically use frequencies in, in their channels that are associated with them. One is direct sequencing, the second one is frequency hopping, and the third one is orthogonal frequency division multiplexing. Direct sequence spread spectrum is how we typically see wireless LANs operating today. We have a center channel, and that's typically our, our channel or our base frequency, but then we, we use a range of addresses, and it's typically drawn out as a arc here. And so we have like X is our frequency, and then we use this range of frequencies in here to send data. And so that is our direct sequence spread hopping. Frequency hopping is, isn't really used that much today. It was, it was used early on, but then we changed technologies because direct sequencing was more efficient and a better way to send data. And what that did is it changed frequencies in a pseudo random environment. And so for this period of time, it was at this frequency. Next period of time, it was down here at this frequency. Next period of time, it was here. And it would hop our spectrum of data. And you could get a bunch of different devices hopping at different patterns through there. And and so that would allow multiple devices to communicate at, at the same time using these different frequencies. And like I said, frequency hopping is typically a thing of the past. And the next thing we do is orthogonal frequency division multiplexing. And the key here is, is we're doing multiplexing. And this is sort of like our direct sequence spread spectrum, except we do that direct sequence spread spectrum multiple times. And up here, we'll take our direct sequence sequence spread spectrum, and then we'll do it a second time. We'll create another frequency, and we'll even create a third one here, and then we'll use all of these to be our OFDM, 
our orthogonal frequency division multiplexing, where this down here is just our single DSS. And that's how, when we get the higher speeds in today's networks, this is how we do it, is instead of using these small, small frequency spreads, we use a bigger frequency spread, allowing us to send more data. When we look at our frequencies, oftentimes instead of uh, remembering the exact 2.435 gigahertz frequencies, we assign them numbers. It's just easier to remember. It's just like looking at an IP address, right? It's 32 bits of ones and zeros, but instead of that, remembering that 32 bits of ones and zeros, we divide it up into octets and we change those octets into decimal numbers. And then we can remember that address, 192.168.1.10, a lot easier. Here, when we talk about our different frequencies, we typically talk about channel numbers that represent a frequency. And in the 2.4 gigahertz range, there are 11 channels here in the US. There are 11 different channels. Each channel is focused on one frequency. And so when you look that up, it'll give you what that frequency is, but then it covers that range. And that's where that direct spectrum comes in, that direct spectrum spread spectrum and each one of these frequencies act that way each of those 11 but when you look at that channel one and channel two they have a lot of overlap they're going to interfere with each other so if you have a device running on channel one and another device running on channel two they're going to interfere with each other it's not going to work and when you look at all 11 channels together there are only three channels that really operate independently that don't interfere with each other. Channel one, you start with, then the next channel starts here. This is the direct sequence spread spectrum right here is six. And then after six ends, another one starts is 11. And so the, the, the three channels that work really well are one, six and 11. And so basically, yes, we have the 2.4 gigahertz frequency, the channel, the, the big one that the IEEE said we could use, but realistically, there's only three channels in there we can use, even though there's 11 established. One, six, and 11 are the ones we can use. And so we choose out those channels that have the least amount of interference on them. A lot of times the protocols will look and they'll go through and look at channel one, channel six, and channel 11. They'll, they'll do a survey, they'll see how much interference is it, how strong is the, the signal, and then they'll pick out the best one to use. In the five gigahertz area, there's it's basically the same concept. So they divide the channels up in a little bit different ways to do it. The five gigahertz, and if you notice, it's not truly a five gigahertz because it starts up here at 5.1 gigahertz and goes to 5.3. So it's focused right, right around like the 5.2 gigahertz, but everybody just refers to it as the five gigahertz. We have our spectrums built up here too. And if you look, they're formed a little bit differently. In the 2.4 gigahertz, they were a nice parabolic shape, nice, nice and smooth. Here in the five gigahertz, they formed them where these, you can see that they're stronger at their center. They, they ramp them up at their, their center. And yes, they'll interfere with it. So channel 36 to 40, yeah. There's 37, 38, 39 channel 
numbered channels in there, but we typically don't use them because the interference would be so high. But between 36 and 40, we see that we ramp up the signal right around 36, 36th channel, allowing us to send data because that signal is stronger. And so in the five gigahertz, we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight different channels we can use there. And we have eight different channels. That means there's eight different um, paths that data can be sent. And that's where some of the newer technologies, they take advantage of using multiple of that. Some of them use all four, some, some of the newer ones will actually use all eight. And remember that new standard, 802.11ax can support up to eight channels, or sorry, up, up, to, up to eight antennas. Each antenna is tuned to one of those frequencies. And that's where they get the eight antennas from because of those eight independent channels. Now, when you deploy your wireless network, you need to plan that you do have some good coverage. You need to understand the environment you're going in. You need to understand where the use is going to be. You wanna make sure that you have the coverage in the right areas and not necessarily worry about coverage um, in the lower use areas. In a warehouse, a lot of times. Traditionally, you didn't necessarily need wireless LAN coverage in there. But all of a sudden now with our new enterprise resource planning packages and how these picking and sorting systems work to tell the workers how to pick stuff out, they need constant uh, wireless connectivity. And so all of a sudden a place like a warehouse that didn't need wireless before now needs it drastically. And so wireless LAN planning is always changing. You're always gonna lay out some stuff. And so you gotta take a look at the layout of your company and see where do we have higher densities of people? Where can we position these access points so that they're not overlapping? And now if you remember back to, um, we have limited amount of channels. We have to plan so that those channels don't interfere with each other where you put those access points. Now, sometimes it's a wireless or so, sometimes it's a manual process to plan out where your access points go. But in the case of wireless or Cisco's wireless, they have some tools available for you to help plan this out. You can say, okay, here's the layout. This is the density of the areas and they will tell you where to put that. Now, depending upon how you do it and what tools you use, there may be a fee associated with it, but planning this out, you need to do this ahead of time. You need to think about that. You need to think about what types of walls do I have? Do I have a wooden two by four wall? Do I have a wooden or a metal two by four wall? Do I have brick walls? Those radio frequencies will go through those walls differently and you have to plan accordingly. Do I want my radios or my, yeah, my radio frequencies to bleed out of my building? Well, if I go right outside my building as a sidewalk and it's a public sidewalk, that means somebody can stand there with a wireless device and try to get into my network. If I'm out in the country and nobody's around me, maybe it's okay that that signal bleeds out a little bit. Maybe you want it to bleed out into the employee picnic area so that they can have coverage out there. And you have to take this all into consideration. It was my pleasure to provide you with this wonderful episode on channel management. If you like this episode and you got value out of it, and depending upon the platform you're using, please click that like button, give a five-star rating, leave a comment. This all helps me bring you more great content. Please take a minute to subscribe to my channel. All of my socials and contact information are on my website, kevtechify.com. There you can find out how to get all these episodes in video and podcast form. 
In the upper right is my playlist for my series on switching, routing, and wireless essentials. In the bottom right is one of my favorite videos that I linked just for you. Thank you so much for watching this episode of my series on switching, routing, and wireless essentials for the CCNA. Once again, I'm Kevin. This is Kev Techify. I'll see you next time for another great adventure.